What's up, guys? Coach Steven back with another episode on RC Fit. And with me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Mississippi Mudflips, Mudflips, Mudflaps himself. Casey, can we please uh, flap it for me and not flip it so I don't sound so stupid? There it is. It's oh, flapping back know, like, and forth. Watch out, I'll take off. Forth. What do we got going on today? Hey, man, today we have... Uh, we want the gym to listen to a, a great podcast Kevin put out on his community spread podcast a couple of weeks ago, an interview with Chloe Johnson, who's a transgender uh, athlete. And I think it's going to be a great listen for the whole community to uh, listen in, listen to her struggles, her process through what it's like to be a transgender athlete, what she went through and kind of like the growing opportunities that she had. And, uh, you know, I think it's a really critical podcast for because um, she was she was and still is involved in the CrossFit realm. And so it's a pretty good interview for everyone to take a listen to and really relate to with things going on right now in the state of Utah. We'll talk to Kevin a little bit prior and then we'll get into the interview and then you'll hear us uh, talk to Kevin afterwards. So going to be a really good listen here, guys. I hope you guys enjoy. Kevin, welcome back to the show. It's been, I think you were on the first show, right? When we first introduced uh, RC FitCast. Welcome back. I think this is episode, what are we on? Six? Episode seven? Six, seven, eight, nine. Should Something like start that. Start counting like LeBron. Like, nah, <laughs> dude, we got seven rings, right? Seven I mean, rings, all that oh, stuff. dude, Ariana Grande. <laughs> I mean, you know, we got Tom Brady. Anyway, okay. Oh, Kevin, okay. welcome back to the show. Hey, what I know a you treat. Have wait, wait, wait. What a treat oh, to be back on the pod. Treat. I mean, <laughs> you guys back. are you guys are just killing it. I listen every week, tune in, and each week I am just more and more impressed with the content that is coming out out of the RC Fitcast. It's it's Casey's hair, isn't it? It has to it's, be. It's ah. <laughs> I mean, I don't tune in on YouTube, so I don't get to see the, <laughs> you just the get, Mississippi you just get mud flaps, but uh, I hear all about it. So, back on Kevin's podcast with Community Spread, it was an amazing interview with Chloe. Now, Chloe. From the CrossFit community, you may know her as going head-to-head -head with CrossFit, working on getting transgender women to compete openly in the open and then also in the games, right? So, Kevin, why did you feel this conversation was so needed, right, in the state of Utah and then across really our full bandwidth right now and then throughout the gym? Because there was a lot of great knowledge moving uh through your conversation with chloe so tell us a little bit about it and then we can get into it here even from the day we started the gym we've always had this concept in mind that we wanted to make fitness accessible for the most vulnerable in our in our community you know somebody that's mm -hmm. really struggling with their weight or struggling um isn't particularly athletic that they would be able to feel comfortable and included the moment they walk into rc fit and you know, you guys as coaches, everybody is great at, at that. And I feel like we've, we've, we've accomplished that. And so when I start seeing, there's been a lot in the news lately about trans women in sports and mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear rhetoric flying around. And, and it even has gotten all the way to our state state legislature where they are trying to pass laws that ban trans women from competing in sports. And not only that, there's these really, uh, these other laws that they're trying to pass that would make it so a parent and their child consulting with a doctor could not give them what would be in some cases, life-saving medicine to help mm -hmm. 
them transition. With that theme and the things that, that we've always cared about at RC Fit, I really wanted to bring this conversation to the RC Fit community, really because it is who we are. And mm-hmm. that is that we always are trying to include and bring in the, the broader community and those maybe that you know, the, 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 that might not be able to be the most comfortable in a different setting. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wanted to bring this conversation to RC fit. And I think it's a very, uh, it's a very fitting conversation uh, for the world we're living in right now. Most definitely Roy CrossFit. I mean, community fitness has always been a, a safe place uh, for people. I've always found uh, myself personally, when I showed up, as someone from out of state, right? RC Fit was somewhere that brought me in with open arms. You know, any sort of vulnerability that I had, I could be vulnerable at the gym. I could go in after a a long emotional day per se and go in there and be whoever I was that day. And I can't relate on too many levels, right? To um, what, you know, the type of things that Chloe was going through or, would people in her position go through, but most definitely, I don't care who you are as a coach when you walk in through the door. I know Steven doesn't care who you are, right? I just want you to come in the door and be whoever you are in whatever skin you are. And I think this conversation you have with Chloe really shows that uh, through your eyes. You can see throughout the conversation how she opens up to you and really starts to feel comfortable because that's really who you are as a human and who you are as a person that, you know, you genuinely care about people. And that shows most definitely through your business. And I think this is going to be a really, really good listen uh, for people to, you know, put in their ears and take the minutes uh, to really listen to this and think about it and get a new observation of, you know, who, uh, you know, transgender woman is and see it from the, their side. Yeah. I really appreciate those words, you know, and with that comes the same understanding that, uh, you know, this is a, a, a heated topic. It's a topic that people uh, have limited understanding on. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you end up on the other side of this opinion, like come throw around barbells with us as well. That's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. however, um, when we host competitions at RC fit, trans women will compete with women. That's the way it is. And, and you, if you, if you, if you don't accept that, if you can't accept that, then, then, then RC fit might not be the place for you, but I, you can, we can definitely share space and be who we are as individuals and, and create this community that brings all people in from all sides. One of the things I really just think about when I think about this, this topic, and, and you're going to get to hear uh, it, it, there's part of this story that's, that you'll find over on Community Spread because we're only going to air the end part about, about uh, Chloe's experience with CrossFit and sports. But in the beginning part, she talks about how she was just bullied um, because uh, of who she was, um, that she was assigned a male at birth. And so she uh, was living as a boy, uh, but always, you know, acted a, like, a lot like a girl. And so she was bullied her whole entire life. And so when you think about banning trans women and girls from sport. What I want you to think about is sitting in front of, say, an an eight to 12-year-old girl and sitting in front of her with her parents and telling them they can't compete on your soccer team. They're not allowed. 
they can't be there. And until you can put yourself in that moment, sitting across from someone and having that conversation, you don't have a right to, to create that law. You don't have a right to say that they can't do that because that is the human element of it. And if we can get past those things, then some of the bullying will cease. And that's what I care about. All right, guys. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into the episode with Chloe Johnson on Community Spread with Kevin London. So you found you found fitness. Um, at some point, I think you found a, a CrossFit gym and got into some fitness and, and found a bit of a community there. Is that how it works? Joe, it usually works with CrossFit. You know, you, you find was. the gym and you, you become part of the cult. Yeah, I don't know. I was somewhere between 28 and 30. I can't remember that far back right now. Um, and my friend was telling me all about CrossFit because you know how it is anytime someone yeah. starts CrossFit. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, this sounds stupid. Like, no, I don't. What? Like working against the clock? What are you talking about? Uh, and finally, Jason had convinced me to try his CrossFit gym. And typical story, I drank the Kool-Aid like within 30 minutes of being in that class. Uh, I fucking loved it. I like had never, ever, ever pushed myself as hard as I did in that class. And I wanted to feel that every day. I mean, maybe that ties in with the addiction, but you know. I know the, I know the feeling. Uh, you walking through that door and be like, wait a second competitive exercise this is awesome <laughs> and and that feeling of pushing yourself and getting that high and and uh and working through that you definitely felt that huh yeah i loved it i mean i want to say that i am just naturally semi athletic uh, my brothers and i are all pretty athletic but it, like i said it was just a feeling i had never felt before and i kind of just hit the ground running the community was amazing. Uh, the friends I was making at the gym were amazing. We were all different ages, all different walks of life. This is before CrossFit was like $200 a month. So, you know, pretty much everyone could afford it. And we were just having a really good time. Everyone encouraged each other. The competition aspect then I think was is a lot different than it is now. I felt embraced. I felt loved. I embraced others. I loved others. There was no animosity if someone was stronger than you in the gym or no animosity if someone was like coming up on your numbers. It was like, cool, I'm going to push harder and I'm going to help you push harder. So let's work out together and get stronger uh, together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so did you get, how far deep did you go? Did you start getting into competitions and things like that? Yeah, of course. Of course. All the things. I started competing. It was encouraged. In my gym, it wasn't like you had to, but competing was encouraged. So we just, I just naturally went down that path and I didn't think anything of it. You know, I didn't think about all the stuff that was about to come down the line in the next year or two or three. So what was about to come, come down at you? You said there's something about to come down at you. What was that? Yeah. So I just, I didn't really think much of my trans status at the time um with competitions that just doing like local competitions and stuff mind you up until about this pointish i had been pretty guarded with 
my transness. So I primarily lived a stealth life, which means I was not super open about being trans. I was very selective about the people that knew. This was for my protection, I felt. Yeah. And physically. Um, I don't think we even need to get into the whys of that. But um, I felt like I was getting better. I was like working out with a team and we were trying to go for bigness. And I'm just kind of be kind of vague. I mean, you guys can Google this stuff if you want. But I ended up having to go toe to toe with CrossFit because the entity of CrossFit did not want me to be allowed to legally compete in their competitions as a female. They said that I had to um, compete in the category. I had to compete as a man. I had to compete in the male category since I was born a male. And my fight with them started very quietly. It was just emailing back and forth and anonymously. I was like, obviously not going to out myself. And then it became a non, a non anonymous fight. And then I went toe to toe. I wasn't really ready to go toe to toe with CrossFit, but I did it because I knew that the way they were treating me was unfair. And I could tell they had done this before. I didn't know if it was the same situation, but the way they spoke to me, the way they, they tricked me into outing myself to them. And the way it all went down, I could tell that it was very calculated and this had been done before. I don't know why it had been done before, but I could tell that this was like MO. And I made the decision to go ahead and fight for my right to party, man. I wanted to you, compete. So you, fi- you filed a, a lawsuit against CrossFit for not allowing you to compete yeah. uh, in, the, in the CrossFit Games Open, right? I sure did. Yep. Wow. Now, anybody who knows anything about CrossFit knows that they like have a billion attorneys and they will sue the shit out of anyone who yeah. like tries to uh, use their name or do anything. They are like, they will go after anybody at any time. And you were like, I'm going to take this on. Yeah. What let's, that be like? clear. let's be very clear. If anyone doesn't know CrossFit now is under new reign. There are new hands at the, what am I trying to say? There's a saying about steering a ship hands on the thing. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> there is a new founder or the, the founder is gone. New CEO, yeah. big changes, lots of, lots of good things happening. Yes. But back then it was not so great. So how did, you know, you, you probably knew these things about CrossFit that they were, they were, they had these big attorneys and, and, but yet you still decided that you were going to file suit and, and, and fight for your rights. Well, yes and no. Like I kind of knew. I obviously you don't know the freaking gist of it until you're in it. And the the story broke about me suing CrossFit, and I didn't know it was gonna break. Obviously, it was like hot potato news, and someone at the courthouse when it was filed like leaked it to TMZ or some shit. Are you so, serious? Yeah. So I was. Whoa. I was working out you know how we do we freaking record all of our lifts and all that fun stuff and I was like recording my lifts and I went back to my phone and I literally had hundreds of messages in like the three minutes that I was like snatching or doing whatever the heck I was doing my life was forever changed in that moment because 
though I knew I was going to have to be out about my transness, I had like just officially been outed to the interwebs. You got outed to the whole world yeah. uh, in that one moment. Yeah. How did your immediate community around you respond to that? It was a mixed bag, man. The owners of the gym that I was coaching at, there was three owners. One was super conservative. One was super liberal. And one was like right in the middle. The one that was a lib was my, one of my best friends. It was crazy. It was just bananas. My friends, my close friends all huddled around me. Anyone that was close to me knew about my trans status. Like that wasn't, that wasn't hidden, you know? My friends took over my social media. My friends took over my phone. They did a really good job at weeding out all of the bullshit for me because they knew and I knew it was coming in. And I was had it coming from all sides. I had, I also at the same time had to deal with family because my nieces and nephews, none of them knew that I was trans, but all wow. of a sudden this is all over the news. So now not only am I trying to put out fires in my workplace, in my personal life. It's like my family life, you know, and how to have these conversations with nine, seven, six, and four-year-olds, you know, and it was just the craziest, craziest time. And nothing could have ever, 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 ever prepared me for that. Sounds like you had some awesome friends that rallied around you and helped you at least shield yourself from, I, I'm sure, just the overloading amounts of transphobic comments and everything that was coming at you that time. I mean, this was, I mean, this was news that I heard about and was talked about in, in, in my gym. Uh, we weren't open at that time, not my gym in my, in, in that I owned at the time, but the gym I was attending at the time. Um, this was news uh, around the, the CrossFit world and even greater than that at the time. So really uh, groundbreaking stuff for you to be, be fighting for your rights at that time. How were you taking it as that, as that happened to you? How was, how was you, how were you taking it? How was it, what was happening in your life? It was real hard. I just immediately, obviously I felt like all eyes were on me. I felt as if I couldn't ever truly say anything I ever wanted to say um, for fear of reprisal, for fear that anything I said would be used against me. I'm not always the greatest with my words. I've like, I mumble, I fumble, you know, I put my foot in my mouth a lot of times. And I was just terrified that I would say something that would just get misconstrued and I would be crucified again. And it was just, it was a very mixed bag because at the same time I'm being judged by so many people. I want to say there was more people that gave me positive reaction and that praised me and offered a hand to help than the negative people. And it could have just been because I wasn't seeing it, choosing not to see it. My friends were like helping me not to see it. But I don't want to downplay how much positivity was thrown at me during that time. That's, that's great that there were people that were jumping in and, and helping you through that time. And, you know, 20, come around to 2019 and CrossFit changed their position and now allow trans women to compete uh, in the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Wonderful, right? Amazing. How... Do you feel like your lawsuit and everything played a factor in that process 
as in, in, in CrossFit changing its mind in that process? Yes, unbeknownst to me. So I went as far as I could with it. It got to the point where I had to make a decision to throw in the towel. I didn't have any anything left emotionally to give to it. I, I felt like I did what I could. I had carried the torch that far and I was just hoping that someone else would pick up the torch and, and continue the fight. Um, I love myself and I just, I knew it was, I knew it was time. I knew it was time to move on because if I didn't, I was gonna be stuck in that like very horrible spot of feeling judged by everyone and feeling judged by the world. And I tend to not give a fuck about what people think about me. So I needed to like release myself from that, that bondage. Right. And how many years were you in the, in the battle in the suit or what, how what many months or from the time it started, like from the time the email started to the time I like bowed out, it was two years. Um, That's a long time. It's a long battle. Months, but I'll just round up to two years. And I took a little sabbatical. I like moved to Florida for a few months. I didn't work. I just worked on myself. I worked out and I worked on myself, you know, and I, it was good for me. It was really, really good for me. And during this time, Will Lanier is doing his thing with, at that time, Outwad, which is now the Out Foundation and Out Athletics. Um, go back. I want to go back though, to that one thing, unbeknownst to you, your story is part of what helps CrossFit get to the point where they change their policy. Yeah. I was just getting there. I was just yeah. tying that in. I'm oh. tying that in right now. Sorry. I thought we were moving on. Yes. No, please no, tie no. it back in. <laughs> no, no. So I like stepped away from that and unbeknownst to me over, you know, the next few years, Will and my other friends and team at the Out Foundation had picked it up, but they were working with the CrossFit, the heads of CrossFit at the time, but under, behind closed doors. So they couldn't even tell me that they were working on that stuff. Wow. So yeah, and I just was going about my life, you know, and working again, working with the foundation and they're doing all this. When I found out, that CrossFit was allowing it. It was the most surreal experience in my life because I did not realize, though I felt like I had worked through a lot of it, the traumas from all of the lawsuit stuff, I felt it lift. You know, I when I heard that my fellows could compete in CrossFit, if they fucking were strong enough and fast enough and they could do it, that they would be allowed to compete, compete. I felt like the world lift off my fucking shoulders. And I realized that like, I just officially let go of all of that fucking trauma and crap that I had been holding on to for years. And then to hear Greg Glassman say my name on the fucking announcement was so surreal. I just was as happy as I think I could be at the moment. And I definitely, I'm not a crier, but I definitely cried some tears for sure. I am a crier. I'm going to tear up right now. Tell me what the context was um, with Greg Glassman's comment and you uh, at the time for the listeners. I don't, I can't even remember exactly. This is the problem with doing drugs at a young age. <laughs> but he like, I feel like he said something about 
me starting all of this and CrossFit doing me wrong. It was, you know, it was some sort of like, a, let's like shake hands, you know? Um, it was great. It was quick. It was brief, but it's all I needed. It's all I needed to take that deep breath and just officially move on. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and that your, your experience and your life has made a difference for so many going forward. We know trans women in sports right now is going to be the new culture war. Uh, you know, the GOP has squoze everything they can out of gay marriage, everything they can out of immigration, and they need something else to try to divide the middle of America. And we see this at the forefront right, right now. So Chloe, could you tell us, walk us through what, what are that, just what does that argument kind of look like? Um, you know, we hear all the, all the garbage, um, on the other side, um, that, oh, this is not fair, blah, blah, blah. Tell us a little bit about your experience with, as a trans athlete and, um, and trans women in sports. Yeah, for sure. So obviously I'm not a doctor and though I transitioned 26 years ago and I should probably know more professional lingo than I do. Like, I don't really know a lot of the, the, the little minute details of science around about and around being trans, but I can tell you from my experience and from like what I've seen, I don't understand this freaking argument at all. You can't just, there is no black and white. There is no definitive line in sports as it is. You know, women can be 4'11 to 6'3. Men can be 4'11 to 6'3. They can compete in the same sport and they can compete against each other. When you try to say that a trans woman has a genetic advantage over cisgender women, I don't, I don't see it right? Because I'm five foot four and 138 pounds. A cisgender woman that's, you know, five foot nine and 185 pounds is going to have a genetic advantage over me because she was genetically gifted to be taller than me. You know, um, also the theory that a man, that a man would transition just to win a, a, a woman's sport so that he could say that he took that title is just the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. What man in their right mind would go through that lengthy procedure just to win a title? Yeah, that's not a thing. It's bananas. <laughs> It's bananas. It's bananas. But yeah, it's like, it's like everybody's fear. Oh, all these, all these men are just going to say that they're women so that they can compete against other women. Right. And, and if we flip it to trans men competing in sports, no one has a problem with that, right? Like where uh, people do have a problem with it, but it's not as focused on as trans women in sports because you, I feel it's men. Men have an issue with trans women. 
right? A cisgendered man has issue with a trans woman and they look at trans women to be threatening for whatever reason, but then they look at a trans man and they don't consider that trans man to be threatening. So it even is- be, Even this is beyond sport, you know, where, yeah, oh, uh, trans women certainly have a, a much more difficult time, um, you know, generally because of- misogyny in our culture and patriarchy in our culture and you hit that spot on for sure i mean it goes deep i mean this isn't just political this is this is fears right they prey off the fears of our nation and the and the powers that be love to paint this picture of a trans woman being a six foot five man in a wig you know they they forget they don't forget but most people have probably interacted with a trans person in their life and they don't even know it because most trans people are just average folks. Just, sorry. Absolutely. So Dan reaction. I just caught that. I was like, ah. Dan's like, whoa, I have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, 26 years ago when I transitioned, my elders taught me that you transition, you blend and you live in society. Like that's not necessarily the case today. Like we can own our transness, like any walk of life, like it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, you've interacted with a trans person. You probably just don't know it because we are everybody. We are everywhere. We've been around forever. We're gonna be around forever. We are probably the next evolutionary step. I'm just saying, but. I love it. And, you know, the Olympics have been allowing trans women to compete for 16 years, I believe. And they're actually, I don't believe at this point has actually been a trans woman that has won a medal yet. So where are all these trans, the, the, the end of women's sports, where are all these dominate, these trans women that are dominating sport? I have no idea. Unless there's some like secret society club that I don't know about that I haven't been invited to. I just don't think they Shame exist. They just don't exist. But there will come a time, there will come a time um, when a trans woman will uh, be awesome enough to compete at that high of a level and win. And right. I, this will bring the debate all the way back up to the forefront and a lot of ignorance will will show its, show its face forward, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk just a little bit about, I mean, I'm not going into science science here, but think about it. Any trans woman that has had gender confirmation surgery, that is the surgery where you go from having a penis to a vagina, you don't have testosterone in your body anymore. The testicles are removed. There's no way for your body to convert uh, the, extra, the extra estrogen in your body to testosterone unless you take enough estrogen to convert into testosterone, but there would be no point in taking that much estrogen. It'd be counterproductive. So trans women competing in sports aren't even naturally producing testosterone. So Which is the reason why, you know, men typically are larger and, and have these advantages in sport is a lot to do with their hormone profile. Um, what do you think about, so, you know, there are, you know, there are trans women who have lived as a man through puberty and much longer and have lived under those hormone profiles for a while um, and their bodies have been built a certain way, their bodies change after they go through hormones. Um, do you, are there significant advantages in those circumstances? What do you think? 
No. I'm going to say because we can all start freaking training from a young age to have our body conditioned for a certain sport. It doesn't, it doesn't matter when I, when they did the chop chop and they inverted the penis into a vagina on me, let me tell you what happened. I went from being able to do like 15 strict pull-ups, no problem to being able to do three. I had to learn to regain all of that strength. Um, Removing the testosterone from my system completely did a number on me. Right. And it's good. That's going to happen to anybody. And um, I haven't had to take blockers in a really long time since I transitioned when I was so young, but when you're on HRT, you're taking stuff to block the testosterone from doing what it's supposed to naturally be doing as well as taking estrogen. So it would literally have to be a man in a dress and a wig for the testosterone argument to win. Which they don't allow in high level sports. So, you know, there's testing and and other things that they um, require in those sports. So, well, thank you so much for your insight into that. I think that's going to really clarify a lot of people's minds um, and, you know, really uh, press this conversation going forward. Cause I know without a doubt, this is just, I, it's heartbreaking right now. There are currently bills on the, the, in the house floor in Utah. Um, one that bans trans women from sports Two that makes it so um, doctors can't prescribe hormone uh, replacement therapy to children. Tell me about how damaging those sort of policies are. They're completely dehumanizing and demoralizing. Um, You're telling somebody that their identity isn't worthy of acceptance, right? Like no one can tell another human being how, well, I mean, they do tell, but no one should be able to tell anybody how they are allowed to exist. And when you tell a young child that, they are not allowed to have their outer shell meet their inner shell. That's crushing, right? This kid is gonna grow up thinking that their entire existence is wrong. And then we're gonna have kids, more kids committing suicide than we already have. We're gonna have more kids getting addicted to drugs than we already have. We're gonna have more kids going into the sex industry before they are able to make that decision for themselves. It is a whole mess of problems. Whole, whole mess of problems. These hormones, this hormone therapy re- replacement therapy can be literally life-saving drugs, literally life-saving drugs that our lawmakers want to prohibit doctors and their parents from making the decision, their own decision for the, their own child. It's the same argument as why are men making regulations for women's bodies? Why are cisgendered people making regulations for transgender people's bodies? Yes. Say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Utah already, Utah, Utah already has one of the highest suicide rates in the country too, by the way. It's the same damn argument of men telling women what they're allowed to do with their bodies as cisgendered people telling transgender people what they are allowed to do with their bodies. It makes no sense. There's no common sense in that at all. Chloe, I think that is the perfect place to to leave it. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I learned a lot from you. 
You're an awesome person. Um, tell us really quickly, I know you're involved with a, another organization because you don't have too, so much, because you, you uh, don't have enough going on with the Out Foundation. You are involved in another foundation, correct? Yes, I am involved with the Reps for Recovery, which is a nonprofit we have here in Reno that we're looking to expand nationwide, where we provide um, free gym memberships and work, uh, workouts for recovering drug addicts and alcoholics. Incredible. So you really do just find the passions in your life that and things that impacted your life. And you just go out there and apply that, apply yourself to helping others uh, in those ways, don't you? I try. I really sure do. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much, Chloe. It was great to hear your story. Hey, thanks for having me. Great listen from Community Spread featuring Chloe Johnson there. Kevin, I must ask you. Now, I did I did participate. I competed in Outwad. Um, I wore makeup. Yeah, I Loved it, wore, man. wore lashes, you, you man, wore sports it, man. bra. I've noticed you a guy that's that really supports the LBGTQ plus community. And I just kind of I want to ask why? Where where does that come from? What what happened that made you just gravitate towards towards that? Oh man, how long do you got? <laughs> we got all day, Kevin. Uh, I mean, the, the, to make a very long story short, it, it's that um, I came through a time where I was not as open to things like gay marriage, you know, uh, back in 2009, living in Bay Area, California during Prop 8. And uh, I had friends there that one that I worked out with for two years that yeah. after Prop 8 passed, didn't speak to me for a whole other year. I mean, I'm not talking, didn't speak to me. I'm like, pretend that I didn't exist. It didn't exist when we crossed paths in the hall. Uh, he was not a gay, gay man, but was a man that had principles, I guess. Um, I had another really good friend who was gay and she let me, I wanted to reach out to her. I wanted, I could feel there's pain and I wanted to reach out to her and I wanted to talk to her. And I just had this experience in front of her in a moment where I tried to do that thing that you guys, that I said earlier, <laughs> where you sit in front of someone and you tell them that they shouldn't and they can't. Right. And I sat in front of her and I told her that she shouldn't be married oh, uh, man. because of what I believed. And I tried to do it in the most loving way. I tried to tell her I loved her and I cared about her, but, but I didn't. And I left that day and I felt terrible. And I, I came home realized. and I told Jess, everything I know between right and wrong tells me that what I said was wrong. So that kind of moment coming through something like that uh, just kind of started to open my eyes and started to, I started to see the, I saw the pain firsthand in that instance, the pain I caused, and it made me want to start to get back, make recompense. That's awesome. Like, yeah, when you do come to the realization of like a pain, I guess, that you caused, it makes you start to think, you know, differently. So that's, I commend you for that. That's awesome. Casey, what were your thoughts on that? Man, awesome interview. Crazy. I know for uh, me, as I grew up, I didn't, the way I was raised, my parents, shout out to them, Brian and Lisa, raised me so good that I just see, I see people, right? And, and that sounds weird, right? But I just see humans as they are, right? To listen to her and the story she had, um, about going through hormone therapy and at the end there of the of the listen she's talking about how you know there's no real advantage of 
a trans woman competing against other women in sport, right? Because your testosterone's taken away, right? Her her balls and dick, her dick got turned into a vagina. Like, I'm gonna say that out loud. Like, I don't care. Like, but that would be so crazy for her to say, you know, I was doing oh, 15 strict pull-ups and now she could only do five, right? That's it's it's amazing that she went through with that and could be that vulnerable to herself, but also, you know, be confident in who she was. So I think that's one of the best parts of the listen is just to feel her confidence in talking about how she is a trans woman. And, you know, and it, it was, I found it kind of a bummer, right? That she, I don't know if she felt like she had to hide it right the whole time uh, around her friends and everything, but I guess, Kevin, you had probably more of a conversation with her uh, around the pod, maybe before or after. Highlight for the people that potentially didn't listen to the beginning, her growing up a little bit, and then what led her to the position she's in right now. Well, I don't think she uh, hit it from her closest friends. I I think if you listen to there's there's parts where she talks about how... She uh, she her, she was open about it with her friends. I think she is comfortable with who she was, but she's also protective of herself. Um, she knows that's what kind yeah, of I guess society that we live in. Mainly, it is that that's the word I was kind of looking for is being protective, right, of other people but, and how they look of her. Yeah, and, you know, one of the parts that really uh, kind of blew Dan's mind was when she was talking about how she, you guys have probably met and and interacted and had mm. conversations with people yeah, who with are trans, trans in your life and 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 didn't even know it. And Dan was like whoa and yeah, right. I, I don't know yeah. you guys may not know this but we have had uh, a couple of different trans people in the gym a couple of non-binary people that have attended the gym mm-hmm. um some people probably didn't even know and, and great you know it doesn't it's it does someone awesome. you know you think about chloe and she lived she she she's a she is a woman and so she doesn't have to announce every time she walks into a room that she was assigned a male at birth you know that's yeah. not what she has to do yeah i mean it was a Fantastic conversation. We caught the CrossFit end of it with her uh, legal uh, battle for two years plus with CrossFit. And the beginning part of the interview is on community spread. It's an amazing story. You can see just the the amount of life that she's lived, most definitely. You know, it gives kind of a, an insight into, you know, the, those who are transitioning and those maybe thinking about transitioning, but just haven't taken the step yet. And I just, you know, want to say if, if people are out there thinking about it, it, go for it, be who you are, find the places around you that uh, are comfortable and find those people that, you know, are good, right. And stick with those people. Yo, Kevin, uh, speaking of CrossFit, what is CrossFit doing to help combat situations like this? Did you guys go into dialogue about that? I, I did. I, I talked to Chloe a lot because, you know, uh, as you guys know, we uh, we said goodbye to the CrossFit name uh, right. back in June um, because of some things Greg Glassman said. And, you know, uh, it was absolutely the right move. And because of gyms like ours, because of gym, gyms like Spielers and many, many, many others, Greg Glassman was forced out of CrossFit. He's, he's no longer the CEO. Um, and because he is not there anymore, there's some really, really positive changes happening. I've listened to a few interviews with Eric Rosa. Um, I talked with Chloe about it. If there's anybody that ha- should have a grudge against CrossFit, it's Chloe. 
Without a I mean, doubt. They put her, I did talk a little bit off air with her and, and, and it was hell. Um, mm. Even more than she gave way in that interview, um, her experience um, with that uh, lawsuit was hell. And it, 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 she said, it, she said, it fucked up my life. Mm-hmm. And, I can imagine. Yeah. So, you know, but so I asked her, Chloe, should I reaffiliate with CrossFit? And she was like, you know what? I, I, I'm not in that space as much anymore, but I have, you know, I'm in the out foundation. I'm the president. My vice president owns a box. Uh, mm, I'm going to reach okay. out to her and see what she has to say. She sent me the message back and she said, uh, I think CrossFit's made some really great changes. Um, and that they want to be a part of it. They want to be help CrossFit make those changes. And so, uh, it, it kind of allowed me to really feel really good about a decision to come back and, and reaffiliate with CrossFit. And so we are going to do that. Um, excited so to we announce. Back. We back. We back. I'm excited. I'm actually really excited to announce because we love CrossFit, right? We love to yes. talk about CrossFit. We love the methodology. It's what we, we cared about. Um, and good things are happening. And, and I am definitely one that is not like, hey, if you make a mistake, uh, I mean, it's in, in Greg Glassman's case, it's several mistakes and, and he needed to be canceled, but we didn't have yeah. to cancel all of CrossFit. They are coming back and making recompense and we don't have to uh, cancel that. And we can say, yes, I appreciate, I see you. I see you making the right changes and therefore I want to be a part of it. And that's what we want. Boom. Well, I agree. I, I, I agree. I, I'm glad we're uh, reaffiliating and I'll leave it on that note. Uh, we're back. We're CrossFit affiliated. I'll see you guys in the open. I do know that. By the uh, way, by the way, hold up. RC Fit will be the name of the gym forever. Yes. Not um, changing, that, yeah. that is definitely going to be it. We're going to be RC Fit. Um, you can always find us uh, via, via RoyCrossFit.com because it, it forwards you right over there. But um, we're definitely not changing that. I, I, that'll allow us to be a little more inclusive for some of the people that are, are nervous about CrossFit. You know, there's some advantages to that as well. But so I'm not, I, I, I'm really, we're not changing those signs. We're keeping everything. We keep your logo, bring back out your Roy CrossFit logo. Um, yeah. Let's wear it up. Kev, thank you again for stopping by on the RC Fit Pod for the second time. We'll just keep everyone's tallies here. Maybe I should get a chalkboard <laughs> in the room back here and we'll just start tallying people's names on it. But thanks, Kev. Really important interview. Serious topic. Topic that needs to be talked about. Thank you so much for stopping by. I really thanks. appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a blast. As always. I want to thank Kevin again for allowing us, uh, for everyone allowing us to, you know, watch or listen to that show. Uh, Casey, before we sign out though, please let the people know what they got to do. Man. Fantastic. Thanks again for being, thanks again, Kevin, for being on the pod. Everyone go over to community spread, do the same things you're about to do here on the RC Fitcast. You got to like, you got to subscribe. You got to give us that five-star rating and share this stuff with your friends uh fitness or non-fitness all right uh sorry guys i totally forgot to mention i will be gone for about 10 days i am leaving february 22nd i'll be gone until march uh 2nd so i won't be seeing you guys for the next two weeks but when i come back be ready to train all right be good out there stay healthy my friends there it is yeah on that note we out my friends we out the rc fitcast is a deep state media production it's produced by stephen healing and Casey Weedburn is directed and edited by Dan Martinez 